Hey everyone, it's great to be able to connect with you all online. This year, is, as we know if it's your first time joining us, you might not, but it's the year that we embrace. We are going to grow forward and we will not shrink back. Acts 2020 is our theme verse for the year, but each month we've been looking at embracing different things, and this month we're looking at embrace prayer. You know, we've got a lot of different things happening as we embrace prayer this week. We have life groups on as we embrace prayer together. We've just had a revival prayer meeting that takes place each month. And next week, so not this week coming, but the week after, we're going to be having a half night of prayer. So keep an eye out for what that means for next Friday. But we're also, we're here to reach, inspire, serve, and equip. And on Wednesday the 30th of September, we have Crash and Waves where we're trying to outreach to those who are far from God with the good news of Jesus. And we want you to send in our people who you might know who might have questions about faith, about morality, about anything. Really, we want them to ask them in because we're going to be asking Sean some questions from an apologetics point of view, which is really just defending the faith. But this morning, as we embrace prayer, I was really thinking about what I could possibly bring and as we embrace prayer and as I was preparing this sermon, I was studying and really praying, and I feel like God drew me to this prayer by a woman called Hannah. But to give you a little bit of context before I read her story, Hannah is a woman in the Bible who was married to a man named Elkanah. So it was like Hannah Unana, I'm just kidding. And then Elkanah Unana, and then he was also married to a woman called Penina Unana. So it's like all the as are in there. So we've got Elkanah who's married to Hannah, and Elkanah who's married to Penana. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name, but it fits with the song. And you see, Hannah is this woman who, she's loved by her husband, the Bible records, but she can't bear children. Penina, on the other hand, she has been able to bear 10 children. And it comes to each year they would go to church, they would go to sacrifice, their annual sacrifice, and Elkanah would give Hannah, though he loved her, it says he would give her one piece of meat to sacrifice, whereas Penana would get ten for her children and one for herself. And it says that Penana would taunt Hannah every single year because she couldn't have children. And I really was trying to picture this scene and I'm trying to imagine myself in Hannah's shoes, where you're so desperate for this one thing, in her case it was a child, but you're so desperate for this one thing, and someone close to you or someone in your friend circle has got an abundance of the thing that you're desperate for, and they taunt you with it. Now the Bible says it was every year, but I'd imagine that every single day Hannah lived with this pain that she was going through. She lived with this disappointment. Now I want you to imagine what's the one thing you're so desperate for above all others. It might be a job, it might be a partner, it might be a child. Now imagine someone close to you has an abundance of what you're desperate for and they're taunting you with it all of the time. I want you to try and put yourself in that place in your imagination if you can. Because that's where we find Hannah at this point in her story. You see, this was Hannah's reality. 
But one day, Hannah has had enough. She comes to church, she comes to the temple, and she finds a quiet place away from everyone. And this is what happens. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 9 to 18. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Well, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. I know that that's not necessarily the most uplifting message as it talks a lot about pain and anguish and sorrow, but I think there's some lessons from this passage that we can really learn about embracing prayer. The first thing that I note here is that this prayer is birthed out of so much pain. This prayer came from a place of pain, of distress. You know, I looked up the word anguish uh, on Google. I didn't really use the dictionary. I Googled it. And it says that anguish is a severe mental and physical pain. And then I started to do a little bit of research uh, on people who are smarter than I am. And basically, psychologists and doctors and scientists have done studies and they've found that there's a direct connection between psychological pain and physical pain. Basically, you can be hurt and broken so much by something that you feel physical pain as well as the emotional pain that comes with it. Which I thought was absolutely crazy. But here is Hannah who is in so much pain. So much pain that she's physically trying to pray, but there's no words coming out of her mouth because she's just in so much pain. But she is begging God to give her a son. You see, the pain here brought a rawness and a reality that it was like an authentic, genuine prayer from her heart. You see, prayer doesn't have to be rehearsed. You don't have to be the best speaker on the planet. But actually embracing prayer is just let's get real. Let's be raw. Why? Because when we pray, we pray to a God who cares. Now it doesn't mean that God is going to give us everything that we want because that's not how God works. But there's a rawness that comes from the pain that we have in life 
that can lead to genuine prayers where God, we can pour out our heart before God and God wants to hear what's in our heart. I remember when I, was, I broke my ankle and hired PE and my, just started six year before the summer holidays, so finished fifth year into six year, just before summer, and I broke my ankle. But remember at the time, I broke my ankle and I jumped up and someone nudged me in the air and I landed on my ankle and all I heard was a crack. And I tried to stand up and oh, the pain was so great. I was in so much pain and what happened was there was like a, everyone in the class kind of gathered around in a circle, you know that way when you were at school, everyone just kind of gathers in a circle but nobody really does anything. And I remember seeing the teacher from across the playing field and they were kind of walking like this. Or so it felt. And I'm lying on the, on the ground in absolute agony and pain. And the teacher is just walking really slowly. And I remember that I wasn't abusive. I wasn't angry. But inside I was so frustrated because I was in pain. And there was a rawness that I was crying out for help. And it seemed slow to come. But I remember that feeling of pain and frustration. And I'd imagine that it's not even on the same level as what Hannah felt. But I wonder what it would look like. If there was things that really hurt us, things that really bothered us, things that actually caused us to be in anguish, what would our prayer life look like if we used that pain to connect with God and pour our heart out before it? I've done a bit of research for this, and here's some things that I think, well, I know for a fact that they would cause God anguish because they would break his heart. They do break his heart, and I pray that they would maybe cause us some anguish to Here's some things that I think we could pray about if we don't have any pain in our life, though I know that many of us will have. But I was doing some research, and it says one in four children in households live in poverty in South Asia. One in four. According to a report, Asia and Ireland is the sixth worst area for drug deaths in Scotland. Suicide rates in Asia are increasing every year for the last three years. Years, I couldn't find exact up-to-date figures. Human trafficking, modern-day slavery exists here today. It's been recorded and found that in 27 out of 32 areas of Scotland, it's been identified as being a problem, including Ayrshire. These are things that are happening here that cause, that, that cause God pain and that we as his church should cause us pain, that we should do something about them, i.e. hope for justice, which is... Amazing, but we should also be praying. But there's also things in our daily life that God cares about. You see, I'm asking us if you feel anguish and if you feel broken and if you feel hurt, don't hide your pain, don't fight your pain, don't be afraid of your pain, but actually use it. Come to God and say, God, I'm pouring my heart out. Why? Because God cares. Some of you listening to this might think that God doesn't care about you. I want you to know that that's not true. That God loves you with a love that goes beyond anything our minds could ever understand. But I find that pain in my life has often been a great motivator for prayer. You see, don't be afraid of our pain because often our pain leads us to praying for the right priorities. And it's not about praying to get back at someone who's hurt us. That's not it. But it can be praying for healing for the pain that we feel. The second thing I notice about Hannah here is her posture. You see, when she approaches God here in prayer and pain, she's in so much pain. Life isn't fair. 
it seems. But she recognizes here that God is God and that she is not. That God is in control and that she is not. You see, she came to God with a posture that was humble, that said, God, I know that you can hear. Please, 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 please help me. But so often when we pray, sometimes we can have a faith, and maybe this isn't you, maybe this is just me sometimes, but we can have a faith that's a little bit like Aladdin with the genie in the lamp. This is not a lamp, but this is my muck. And if you've never seen the movie Aladdin, then something wrong with you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But basically, the concept is that you rub this lamp and a genie pops out, you tell the genie what you want, you get what you want, and the genie goes back in. And so often I think we can treat God like that. We can pray to him when we really need something. And then he pops out and then we hope that, well, God, if you can get me that job or you can get me that car, if you can get me that house, if you can get me that thing. And then what happens is God can sometimes answer our prayer, but then he goes back in the lamp and we don't ever really speak to him again. We don't ever pray to him again until we need something else. And our faith can be so dependent on God answering our prayers the way that we want him to answer our prayers. And if we don't, then we fall out with him. And I want to encourage you that unfortunately, that's not the way that God works. God's not some genie that you rub the lamp and he gives us what we want. That's not the God that we know. It's not the God that we serve. You see, sometimes we have to live with this tension that God doesn't always give us the answer that we want. But when we posture ourselves, it's recognizing that God is in control. That we are not in control, but that he is. That we still pray to him because we believe that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we ever ask, think, or imagine. You see, God can see the full picture and he understands things in a context that we could never understand. If you've seen the movie Bruce Almighty, I know I'm quoting a lot of films, but he has like the power of God for the purpose of the movie. And he gets all these pre-requests and he's overwhelmed by them. So he just clicks yes to answer all the prayers and the world is in chaos. Why? Because God can't just give us everything that we want all the time. But when we embrace prayer, we have to posture ourselves and recognize that God, you are above everything. You don't owe me anything, God. And so I'm just coming to humbly ask if you can make a difference in my world. You see, God doesn't always give us what we want. But I don't really think that's what prayer is about. Prayer is about us humbly and recognizing who God is and who we are and trusting that he has got a plan for our life that goes beyond anything that we can see in the immediate. You see, we can hold on to the promises that God causes all things to work together for our good because we love him and are called according to his purpose. We can hold on to the I am more than a conqueror because of Christ. We can hold on to the promise that whether I find myself in lack or whether I find myself in plentiful, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Why? Because it's about posturing and recognizing that God is greater than everything that we face, everything that we want to pray for. And Hannah recognizes this. You'll notice if I had read the prayer again, or if you go and read it later, Hannah never demands, Hannah never expects. Hannah never ever does anything. Hannah is just desperate because she recognizes that God, you are in control. But she also recognizes that God, if you answer my prayer, I'm going to take this blessing and I'm going to give it back to you. If you give me a son, I'll give him back to you. 
If you give me this house, I'm going to use it for your glory. If you give me this car, I'm going to use it for your glory. If you give me this job, guess what? I'm going to use the fruits of it to go back to you. Why? Because God, I'm giving you my best. Why? Because I recognize, God, that my posture is humble and realize that you are God, that everything I have comes from you, so therefore I'm going to give it back to you. If we had read the story, Hannah's prayer gets answered, and she has a son named Samuel, and you can read about his life. And guess what? Hannah gives Samuel back to God like she promised. But then God blessed her with five more children. Why? Because you can never outgive God. And when we come with the right posture of humbly being before God, and we recognize, God, you come first. He can give us more than we could ever dream of. Doesn't mean he's going to answer that specific prayer, but he'll always give us more. You'll always have more with Jesus than you have without him. And so I want to encourage you that when you embrace prayer, pray the real prayers that come from pain. Don't be afraid of our pain. But also when we pray, let's approach God humbly and always recognize that when God does answer us the way we want him to, that we give it back to him. Why? Because... It's all for his glory. It's not for our glory. And the final thing I notice about prayer, I'm not quite finished though, unfortunately for you. Just kidding. But the final thing I notice about this is perspective. Embracing prayer is about perspective. You see, Hannah's in pain. She's crying out. She's postured herself. But there's this guy called Eli who's the priest or the pastor, if you will. And it looks to him like he's, she's drunk. Why? Because that was his perspective. You see, so often we can have a perspective of someone or their life, but we don't know who they are. We don't know what they're going through. And we can be so quick to judge, so quick to rebuke, so quick to correct, so quick to give them into trouble when actually they're just in pain and they're desperate for God. And they don't pray the same way we pray. They don't look the same way that we look. And, and the reality is that just because someone prays differently to the way that you pray or the way that I pray, it doesn't mean that we're right and they're wrong. It doesn't mean that they're right and we're wrong. Why? It's because God is such an amazing God that each of us can have a unique experience of him. And it's all about the heart. God's looking into the heart. If you pour your heart out to God, God's interested in that person. Not the person who comes with the the prayers that it's not real, it's like a, an airy fairy. God wants to do business with people who can pour their heart out before him. You see, I've, all, I've grown up in church. I've been in this church my entire life. But I've also had experiences of different types of churches. And you know, there have been times where people have prayed differently to me. And I've thought it was a bit weird. It's made me feel uncomfortable. And I've become quick to judge them and think, well, that isn't genuine. And you know what I've realized the older I get, though I'm not old, is that any time I'm making judgments on other people, then I'm not in the right place to pray with God. Because I can't judge anyone. I have absolutely no right to judge anyone. The only one who can judge anyone is Jesus. And you know what Jesus says? Come to me, all who are weary. Come to me, all who are in pain. Come to me. And so I've recognized the older I get that if someone does something that maybe is a bit weird and makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm just going to let Jesus deal with that. And instead, I'm going to have the perspective that, you know what, the world is in pain, people are in pain, and I just need to get them to Jesus. You see, whenever we start making judgments on anyone else, whenever we have a faulty perspective, we've missed the entire point. 
You see, God just wants you. He wants your attention. He wants your focus. He wants your presence. And what I think the biggest lesson I've ever learned about prayer is that embracing prayer isn't about getting what we want, but it's about fixing our eyes on Jesus. It's about fixing our eyes upon him. You see, whenever I pray to God, I'm reminded that my God is bigger than the fears that I face. I'm reminded that my God is bigger than the pain that I feel. I'm reminded that his hope for me is far greater than this planet. There's a song called God, You're So Good. And it says this, should this life bring suffering, Lord, I will remember what Calvary has bought for me both now and forever. And you see, it reminds me when I hear those words, it reminds me that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what life throws at me, and life has thrown some curveballs, I'm sure it has to you as well. But when I pray to God, it gets my perspective off of these, and it fixes my perspective onto Jesus. It fixes my perspective onto God. Why? Because I'm recognizing that even if nothing gets better, even if you don't get the healing that you're believing for, even if you don't get the job you're believing for, even if you don't get the relationship you're believing for, when we focus our eyes upon Jesus, we realize we've got everything that we could ever need. Because embracing prayer is really about getting our perspective right. I'm almost closing. And I know I said that, you know, sometimes God doesn't give us what we want. And maybe Hannah wasn't the best example of that because she did get what our heart's desire was. But our best example will always be Jesus. You see, Jesus finds himself, it's recorded in both Matthew and in Luke from different perspectives. But Jesus finds himself in a garden called Gethsemane. Gethsemane. I can never say it. And he knows what he's about to go through. He knows what he's about to face because Jesus was there at the beginning and he's there at the end. So he knows how this all ends up. And he comes to this garden as he's about to go to this place called the cross where he's about to be betrayed and die. And it recalls in Matthew that Jesus prays this prayer to God, the Father. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Now Matthew says that Jesus prayed this prayer three times. Three times Jesus prayed it. He was so desperate to not have to go through what he was about to go through. And in Luke it records how Jesus being in agony, he was praying very fervently. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. Why? Because Jesus was in pain. He was in physical anguish. He was in that severe mental and physical pain. But he had postured himself to say, God, you are in control, not me. And he had the perspective that said, you know what, God? Let your will be done, not mine. And Jesus went through the cross he died there, but thankfully that's not how his story ended. Why? Because he was resurrected three days later so that you and I can have life, that we can have freedom. You see, everyone had a perspective. Jesus, the disciples, the Romans, the Jews, everyone. 
But Jesus recognized that when it comes to embracing prayer, the ultimate prayer that we could ever pray was God let your will be done, not mine. Jesus' prayer was that this cup would pass him by and he didn't get the answer that he wanted in that moment. But he also recognized that embracing prayer is not about God doing what I want, but actually embracing prayer is about me becoming who God wants me to be. No, I pray that God answers our prayers. I believe that God can answer our prayers. But my biggest prayer is that even if God doesn't give us the answer we want, we will never stop praying and we will never stop trying to become people who do his will, not ours. To see his kingdom come here on earth so that we can become the church the community can't do without. So that we can become people who reach, inspire, serve and equip. Why? Because that is what God's will is for us here in this moment on planet earth. I'm going to pray as I close. Father God, I thank you that when, you, when we pray, you hear us. Father God, I thank you that you care and I thank you that you are near us. Father God, I pray, Father, that you help us all to recognize that we are here on this planet to do your will, not ours. Father God, that when we go through pain, that when we go through disappointment, when we go through rejection, we will keep our perspective that you are the one who calls us, that you are the one who chooses us. Father God, that you love us and that your plans for our future are far greater than any plans that we could have on our own. Father God, I thank you that we are able to connect online. Father God, I thank you that we are your people here on planet Earth for such a time as this. Father God, I thank you for everyone watching this. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be watching this and you've never given your life to Jesus. We would love to invite you to do so. You see, Jesus came and died on a cross for your sin and my sin, for our failures, our mistakes, so that we could live in freedom and that we could live in forgiveness, not just now, but for eternity. You know, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to invite you to say this simple prayer after me, and then there's some a bit more information we want to give you. It just says, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I give my life to you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you're watching on the platform with us, there'll be a little button that says raise your hand. If you click on that, you can then click the button that says connect with us. It will take you to our website uh, under our next steps section where you can fill out the form and it just gives us your details and our next steps team can help you on this journey. If you are watching on YouTube or on Facebook, then we do know that you can fill out the link that says next steps. It takes you to the same part of the website and we'll be able to connect with you. Stay safe, everyone. We love you, and we're going to find out now what's coming up this week.